Anyway, it's good. I want to just give you just a, a, a thing on my heart to get to prepare where we're going in 2017. If you're here visiting with us today, um, God bless you. you. At least you'll know where we're going and, and, and what our heart is here at the church. That kind of, I'm putting a title on what I, what I want to share with you, and it's There Still Remains More. Everyone say that with me. There Still Remains More. My text today is out of the book of Joshua, chapter 13, verse 1, and Joshua's and uh, the Bible says this about Joshua. It says, now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And I don't know if I want to throw myself totally into that identity, but there is, there is a principle here. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. Now they have taken the whole southern kingdom, and they had taken Jericho and Ai and all these other cities. And yet, here they were in the middle of their journey, and, and once again... The Lord says that yet very much land remains to possess. And so I want to talk about that. You know, the root thing that drives your pastor, and it drives me, I have since I've gotten saved, it's intensifying here in this last season, but it's really to get people who do not believe in God, to get them to the place where I can convince them to believe in God. People who are unchurched and disinterested in the New Testament they have no interest in the, in the person called Jesus Christ. They, they don't believe the gospel narrative of what it says about them or even the, uh, the authority of the scriptures themselves to get them to a place where they believe. Not because I just somehow outwit them or somehow out-debate them, but the demonstration of his present reality is so strong they can't resist the testimony that he's alive on the earth. Jesus is not just a historical person, he's alive in our midst. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. amen. He, he is here. It's a burden. It's actually, it's always been my burden to make Jesus alive and Jesus real. And it, it, it drives me, but it's been even more so in this last season. And I, and I think one of the reasons why is because I, I have to be honest about my aging. I'm in, the, I'm in the last season of my life in productivity. Now, I'm not dying tomorrow, and, and I don't want anybody to think I'm, I'm stepping up. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, my, my dad worked till he was 70. My older sister's seven years older than me. She's following in his suit and just with her over the holiday, 69 years old, and still going strong, and she's going to retire about 70 and a half, and I got some good genes. I, I like to lift heavy things and climb ropes and jump up on boxes and do stuff like that, and I do things where I breathe real hard, and so I'm, I'm strong, and I'm happy for the health God gave me, but I, I, have to, I have to be honest. I'm not going to last forever, so there's this thing in my biological and emotional and goal-keeping clock that that I got to make my life count, and I got to make this church count for what God's called us to do. I'm trying to learn Spanish. Brandy tells me I can't learn language at my age, but I'm just trying to get my brain working. And uh, my grandson's in immersion school now in kindergarten, and he's 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 man, he's rallying off Spanish, perfect enunciations, and it just it just makes me sick. <laughs> it just makes me sick. But uh, I'm trying to get my mind so I can keep, mem I keep, I do scripture memorization, everything I can to keep this thing going. And so I, I believe there's some things that God wants me and God wants City Harvest Church and, 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 and anyone we can influence to enter into as a people, as a church of what he wants to do with us. And whether I'm the lead pastor of this church or not, I'm going to give my life to these 
to these things. If you look at the book of Acts, you're gonna see something. If you look honestly at Acts chapter one through Acts chapter 28, and I'm a book of Acts man. I've always been a book of Acts man. You'll see something in the early church that you do not see in the Church of America. You don't see it at City Harvest Church, so I'm not here to throw rocks at the, the American church. I'm here to evaluate ourselves, and I, God loves the church. He loves the church, whether it's functioning well or not, or whether it's at full capacity. He loves his church. But that doesn't mean there's not yet things that remain that we got to kind of rise to to possess. If you look at the book of Acts, you're going to find people who are absolutely radically dedicated to looking at the scriptures. They were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. They dug into the word of God. They were hungry for that. They were hungry. They were hungry for prayer. They prayed continually. They prayed big prayers, large prayers, prayers that only God could do the heavy lifting in and to get those things accomplished. They, they were a church that was radically unified around mission to, to give themselves sacrificially to that mission. When they did pray, they got answers to prayer. Now that's something. They just didn't pray religious prayers. They prayed prayers that actually brought results. Now there's a thought. There's a thought. They actually prayed and got answers. They saw heaven intervene. They had miracle healings that took place. Angels delivered them. They, they had prophetic revelations that came that brought supernatural guidance to them where Jesus guided their steps on what they were to do. They saw chains come off of people. They saw God fight for them. They saw heaven on earth in the midst of the church. Now I want to let you know that that is my passion for this church to enter into that. And anybody we would influence in this county, in the nation, around the world, Cuba, Argentina, Afghanistan, Tajikistan, places where we are, the, 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 uh, the refugees getting saved by the droves in Germany that we are working with. We want to see the reality of the kingdom of God be what they experience they enter into. This church has done a lot of things, and, and, and we're very, very thankful. We've, we planted... On, on top of us being planted as a church, that'd be 10, we planted nine churches. Now, two of them shut down, one went renegade on me, but uh, we still planted nine churches, and we're going to continue to plant nine I mean, churches as we continue on. We've seen tremendous salvations. I, I saw a Christmas card, and, and, uh, and the Christmas card here for somebody in the church, there was the, the, the daughter-in-law and, and the son and, and the grandmother, all three of them. They were so splintered years ago. All of them got saved in this church, taking a Christmas card. All got baptized in this church. It's just They're prospering, and they're moving forward. And I just said, that one got saved here. That one got saved here. That one got saved here. One, the, the, the couple are on one of our church plants all right now, just fulfilling their destiny, and God's blessing them and increasing them. That's exciting. We've seen people's lives restored. You know what I like about the communion table, the way we do it? It was kind of a traffic jam today. I apologize for that. But I get to watch the people take the emblems, and that one was in bondage to this, and that one had problems here. That one was tormented there. That one, had, that one was so out of it years ago, and look where they are now. I get to see the, the story of God in, in, living, in living color as they're coming to take those emblems and, and, and celebrate with them what Jesus has done in their lives. We've seen tremendous healings here. We've had two deaf ears open up here. 
right, we've seen tumors that have disappeared. One lady had a tumor, and when they, and I don't know what the screen is where they actually saw it, and they were poking away at it, and the doctor could see it, and it disappeared on them. We read the doctor report. Just as soon as I touched it, it disappeared. We've had tumors disappear, whole tumors disappear in hours. And so we've seen some tremendous miracles, Crohn's disease. We even had somebody miraculously heal the herpes. And uh, just radically touched. We have somebody that got healed that their actual neurologist, I'll come and I'll talk with the, I'll, I'll come and I'll talk with the church to let them know that something happened in your body. And so I'm really grateful about those things that have taken place. And we've raised up so many leaders. We've touched nations. We're going to continue to plant churches. But as it says here, there remains yet very much land to possess. Now, I've walked with the Lord now for 41 years, and 41 years of walking with the Lord, and the majority of that time I've been in leadership. I got thrown in leadership real fast. I've come to to, the conclusion there's four things, four things we need to do if we're going to see more of God. We're going to see more of God. These are the four things we have to do. If you're going to see more of God, you want to see more of God, or see more from, learn more from God's word, you got to dig deeper. You can't just have, I, I read my, I read Psalm 5 today. Well, that's nice. Not saying not do that. Not saying that's nothing. But if you really want to learn more from God's word, you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper. You're going to have to start asking yourself some questions. What does that mean? You might want to read it and read what other people said about what you're reading. You might want to go dig into what maybe the, the, the language says. Maybe what does that word mean in that language that was translated out? You might want to study the, the, cultural, the cultural customs around what it's talking about. And then here's a radical thought. How do you put it to practice in your life? Yeah. Okay, if you want to learn more from God's word, you got to dig deeper. Second thing I've learned is this, too. If you want to see God do miracles, you have to pray hard. It's only, that, that, that sounds like work. Well, it's not work. It's something that God, and we're going to do a series here starting on the 15th called Go Big. And we'll teach on this, why God wants us to pray hard. It has nothing to do with work, so you'll understand when we do share it that it's something that we need. Amen. Something that needs to happen in us for these things to take place. It's going to require faith. It's going to require fervency. Not a yawner, not lackadaisical, not just kind of throw up a pop-up. Hey, toss it up one, Lord. But where I, 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 I got some focus and some intentionality, and I'm obsessed, and I'm, and I'm focused, and I'm alignment, and I'm digging in, and I'm believing. It's going to require fasting. Oh, Fast. That dirty four-letter word, the body of Christ. F-A-S-T. Means to go without food. We're going to give you a number of options of ways you could fast starting on the January 15th. There'll be options that you could choose. We're going to do a 40-day prayer campaign. You're going to find the way that best fits you in the area of fasting and your schedule and everything else. But what's fasting do? Well, first, it makes you hungry. It humbles you, but it intensifies your prayers. It's funny, when I have nothing to think about but God, how that might bring me more in tune with God. 
And it's going to take persistence. How many people know the devil doesn't want to let go of some things that you're praying for? It's going to require God to do a work in you where you recognize that everything you got comes from him. Persistence. The third thing that I've learned is this, is that if you want God to use you miraculously to touch others, you have to expect, you have to yield, and you have to obey. You know, we're looking for a tidal wave of the moving of the Spirit just to sweep us along instead of swimming with the current. There is a current. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. When we're asking someone to accept Jesus, Jesus is there. You know, some of the times, you know, we're always using terms that we've got to be careful theologically on. Like, you know, I, you know God's got to come down. Well, God's here. God's omnipresent. We've got to touch him by faith. Paul says he's near every one of us if we'll just grasp for him. And so what we need to understand is that God wants us to stir a gift in us. God wants us to obey. So people say, hey, man, God's moving. Is God moving or are we finally moving? And so if we're going to see certain things happen where I touch people miraculously, I pray for them for a situation, I have an impression to give them, I want to share with them the gospel, and they just open up their heart, we got to yield, and we got to expect, and we got to obey what the Spirit tells us to do. It does, it does not belong to lazy people. The fourth thing that I've learned this is if you want to see God do great things, you have to attempt great things. You're going to have to go after people, go after our city. You're going to have to take a nation. Come on, you're going to have to be willing to take risks, declare promises. Okay, you're going to have to be willing to get into the uncomfortable. You know, I, I feel that one of the things that's happened to me over the years is I found myself to become too conservative in vision. And one of the reasons why I've found myself to be too conservative in vision is because I've hit a lot of walls in my ministry. I've got some failures under my belt. You know, I'm not supposed to talk about failures like the failure, you know, I'm just going to say the failure of our fourth prime property that we were going to go build on. And I'm not supposed to go back and lick on those wounds, and I don't, but it, I had to work through a lot of things in my heart Regardless of what people said to me, I had to work through things. It was a failure to me. Now, I'm not going to throw in the towel, but I also got to be like an athlete. You know, it's, my arm ain't working real well, and I got to get it back working well so I can lead again. I got to get my faith back working. To do that, I got to exercise faith. I got to press forward. We got to talk about our future. We got to go after things. We got to forget. We, we get to learn what we did in the past, and we get to go after the future. We didn't have mistakes. We wouldn't have erasers on pencils. Can I hear amen to that? <laughs> but we're, we're, going, we're going after things. Just being conservative will get you nothing. Treading water will never get you to shore. Just put your oars in the boat. and Just floating around on a, on a little windy day is not going to get you your destination. There's things that we got to do. Those seven things that I'm believing for in 2017. I'm going to get more specific as we do this series called Think Big. Well, actually, it's called Go Big. It's about believing big, praying big, winning big. We've got to start getting to become big-minded people. I feel like there's been a hopelessness over people that we've got to expand their mind about what their future could be. First, I'm believing for unchurched people coming to Jesus and getting planted. I mean... Not just a decision, but man, they are functioning. They are in their ministry. They are moving forward. Lots of them. 
I'll give you a number later on in January. I don't believe in for wandering followers of Jesus reconnecting to the local church. You know, I, I love Nehemiah 4.2. It's a story of restoration. Nehemiah is going back to build the city of Jerusalem that's been absolutely devastated by Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king. What a picture and a story how God rebuilds what's been broken by the enemy of God. And that Nehemiah goes and he's trying to rebuild the wall. And they're building the wall with broken stones that were part of the original wall. And there were puppet governors placed there from Moab and other places uh, in Israel at that time, placed there by the Persian king. And one guy whose name was Sambalot. His actual his name means bramble bush or an enemy of God. Okay, so it's nice that, that this guy is an enemy. And notice what the enemy does. <clears throat> so they come and watch what they're trying to do. And he said in the presence of his brothers in the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Isn't it neat that God calls you feeble? What's those weak people trying to do, those, those stupid Christians, what are they trying to do? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? In other words, will they be able to worship here? Will they finish, it, finish up in a day? Oh, I like this. Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn ones at that. There's a lot of burned stones running around. People that got burnt in church. People that got burnt in relationship. I tell people that if you're gonna come to City Harvest Church, you will get offended. I mean, you are. I mean, you can't put this many people together and try to say love each other without an offense. I mean, I got our staff, they offend each other. They love each other. My wife and I offend each other. Get over it. You get hurt, forgive, work it through. Okay, people get hurt, but people get, people get hurt and they get separated from church. They don't go back for years. We got thousands of burnt stones out there. I'm believing that we're gonna get some to connect to the house of God. I'm believing, I'm believing for this. I'm believing. I'm, be I'm believers studying the Bible in small groups all over City Harvest Church. That's that dig deeper in the Word. When we do community groups by, by April, I'm looking for at least 10 small groups going on that'll have a, a separate 12-week Bible study in a book. People digging into the Word at 6 a.m. at Starbucks or using a classroom on a Thursday night or in their home on Saturday morning. People just digging into the Bible. And let's, let's begin not just to read a little devotions, but really dig into what the Bible has to say. It is the Word of God. It is God's love letter to us. It is His plan. It is the revelation of Jesus. So we better start getting into the Bible. Amen? Say, so, Bob, you're kind of pumped up for 2017. Yes, I am. I'm believing for people praying, the big, praying big prayers and getting big prayers. Results. Now, you, know, you know, your will be done prayers are good. And there's places where it's the sovereignty of God and His Lord, your will. We need you to bring about that will, what it is. And we can't just have our agenda. But sometimes that's a cop out. That's a cop out. You know, our friends in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called the Faith Camp, we, we, they, get, they, get, they get trashed a lot of times, but they're right. 
in that they know going after a promise of God, you just can't go after it lackadaisical. You, got, you can't just be lazy about it. You got to believe, you got to confess, you got to go after that thing. You know, be a while, you know, you're just praying for money. Well, you know what? You look at that board, look at all the poor that we fed in the city, look at people who are trying to help. It takes money. And so, what's so bad about God giving you more money to give? Well, that's bad. Because it takes money to advance this thing. So I know, hang on to your seatbelts. For that to take place, you have to prosper. Does anybody here not want any more money? All right. And then, oh, man, you're into health. I'm into health. I never met a sick person that was pumped up about it. Bob, great news, great news. I tore my ACL. Praise the Lord. I don't know somebody's got a, a sickness that it's just, man, I'm just enjoying this. I mean, it, I'm telling you, this has just been the funnest journey I've ever been on. You know, they got great attitudes in the midst of the storm, but they know that they're not functioning full capacity. We're just honest. I don't, anyone, and I don't know anyone here that actually prayed this year, God, give me less money, or God, please make me sick. I remember in, in um, Neil Anderson's book, Bondage Breaker, he starts off, he's a counselor at Biola University. And a girl comes in, and she has multiple sclerosis. She has MS. And so talking with her, he said, well, when did this happen? She said, well, it can't happen right after I prayed this prayer. And he said, what prayer did, what prayer did you pray? She was reading in 2 Corinthians 12, the apostle Paul, he said that a thorn was given to him in his flesh, a messenger of Satan so that he wouldn't be puffed up because of all the things God showed him. And I wanted to be humble like Paul, and I asked God to give me a thorn. He says, well, here's the problem with that. The thorn didn't come from God. The thorn came from Satan. God allowed it, but it didn't come from God. And you actually invited a demonic entity into your life. I want us to renounce that prayer Amen. right now. And they renounced it, and she was healed of MS. Okay, so let's have a better attitude, okay? Let's believe there's a big things. And let's go, in other words, let's, let's possess all God wants us to possess. Let's be all God wants us to be. Let's just go for it. Now, I understand the sovereignty of God. I understand, you know, there's limits. I understand he didn't give me everything, didn't give us everything. I understand all that. But how much has he given us that we haven't possessed? And why would we settle for second best for our lives? Let's get ourselves believing again, hoping again. I'm believing for constant testimonies of healings. See, see, I want to tell you something about healing. You got to press healing. You got to press that thing. You just kind of, it's going to come, it won't come. You got to keep praying. You got to keep digging. I've studied the healers, all of them had to dig. You got to dig. You got to go through the agony and the ecstasy of the healing ministry. I pray for that person, they died. I pray for that person, they got worse. I pray for that person, they got healed. You know what? Number three, I would never gotten healed if I got discouraged by number one and number two. You got to press into this thing. We got to stand up. I don't understand all the mysteries of this, but I do know you need to press it. The sixth thing I'm believing for, worship team, what's come on up here? Told you it would be a short day, guys. You've been good. Kids have been really good here. Thank you for Benadryl. That was good, good stuff. Wow. We're living for an increase in tithes and offerings this year and on. For that to take place, 
you got to have more money in your own personal pocket. So I, I'm praying for you to get raises, promotions, investments to come back to you. I hate it when I got investments. I got investments. I'm looking at it. didn't get any money. My money do better in a pillowcase. Yeah, it frustrates me. God's a God of increase. The parable of the steward. He gave one, one talent, two talents, five talents. He, he expected it to increase. God wants to enlarge you. Yeah, I'm not saying everyone's going to become a millionaire here. Please don't say that. But, I, but how about a race? How about a better house? How about a savings account? How about, you know, at the end of the month, I actually got a little bit left over to save, to bless myself or my kids, and a little bit more money to give so that we can increase that board, plant more churches, feed more poor people, help people get lifted up from their burdens. Come on, advance the kingdom of God. That's what I'm believing for. My last thing is here's for God to give the elders and I direction how to establish a twin campus on the east side of Vancouver. Now, I, I went to my elders here about a year and a half ago and had a great meeting, and they just felt that wasn't the timing. It wasn't the time to do that. I buried it, and it was fine. Okay, I'm looking at the time. It doesn't mean I let go of this. My vision for starting this church in 97 was the whole county. It wasn't just hanging 10 over the west boundary of Vancouver as much as I love Vancouver Lake. I love Hazel Dell. I love, you know, Muchas Gracias. I love <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, I love Baja Fresh. You know, I love the U-Haul place. Okay, I love it. But it gave us a vision for the whole county. Now, what I'm asking is for a word of wisdom on strategy this year of how we should approach that. And then we got a prophetic word here in August that there would be a twin campus. And that's exactly what was in my heart. And I just kept it to myself. I didn't tell anybody this thing. And I believe that in the timing and when God wants us to do it will be the right time so we can reach all the other thousands of people who live that way. And I talk to people all the time, man, you just churches way over on the west side. I drove over to a meeting, prayer meeting on 192nd in Mill Plain. I thought I was in another country. What's this place? Where do these stores come from? All right, so we got, we got people to reach. We have 400 plus thousand people. No, we're not the only show in town. Great churches are in town. You know, but give us a little, you know, give us a little, a little harvest, Lord. Give us who we're supposed to reach. So you know, I love Leslie Nielsen, you know, and Naked Gun 33 and a half. He said to his girlfriend, you know, it doesn't matter, to, you know, it doesn't matter to a hill of beans, but this is our hill. And these are our beans. Okay, God's given us a hill and he's given us some beans. Amen? We're going to go after it. So this is what 2017 is going to be like. I'd like you to stand to your feet. I'd like my leaders to be spread out all over the sanctuary. Leaders, pastors, some up front, some in the back. This is what I want you to do. I got pastors all over the place. Jan, just going to camp right there. That's you, right there. I got back there, I got wave, let me see, I got the shops over there, I got Chedester's up here, need my wife to come on up here if we could, uh, don't know where, I got, we got the Stevensons back over there, Doran and Linda, where are you guys, okay, why don't you uh, come on up here, we get more people to pray up here, Wayman, Sandy, okay, Wayman's back there praying, Rod, Vicky, where are you, wave at me, why don't you come over here on this side over there. Come on, anybody else I'm missing? If I'm missing somebody, please don't judge me. All right, here we go. Randy, Chris, uh, yeah, you're good there. Pasquale, 
want you to move over here right in front of this table. It's great to have our Latinos here today. What a great, great group of people. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to end this service today. I'm going to encourage you just to come and get prayer, prayer blessing. I'm going to ask my leaders to pray favor over you. What's favor mean? Favor means God helps you. God's going to bless you. God's going to work for you. God's going to watch over you. God's going to help you. God's going to move you forward. Because always in the Bible, he said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing. He said to the first man and woman, he, the Bible says he blessed them, and then he said, be fruitful and multiply. we got to have something to give. We want the favor of God on us so we can fulfill the mission God's given us. And I want to, for 2017, just believe that God's going to give you his blessing this year. So we got pastors all around the building, and uh, go to them, elders, and get prayer. Go. God bless you. Father, thank you for a great opportunity in 2017 for us to go and possess the land you want us to have. And do, we, Lord, it's going to be exciting to what we're seeing. We're going to see great things take place because you're a great God and a good God. you got a great vision. You love the people of our city. You love our nation. You love the nations of the earth, Lord. And you want people to come to the reality of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.